was beautiful. <laughs> it was gorgeous. <laughs> I missed that. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Film Talk Ed, podcast where two gals talk film, television, and everything in between the reels. I'm your host, Ileana Melendez, and I'm joined here today by my ever so lovely co-host, Miss Josie Melendez. And I don't know if y'all have noticed, we have a new theme song. Thank yes, you. We do. Thank you, Christian Bob. Um, he actually did our theme song for our Stranger Things series, Tra Rara La Cosa, and he did such a phenomenal job that we also collaborated on this theme song. And this is honestly a long time coming. Uh, it will be getting a video montage edit <laughs> accompanying it. That is coming soon, but I, I'm just so excited to to finally debut this new theme music for Film Talk. It's just, you know, we said classic cinephile portrait of lady on fire fire girlies but make it boricua yeah <laughs> and that's what he, he delivered <laughs> he followed the assignment so gracias Cristian clásico sí, clásico con sazón clásico con sazón that's what we asked for and he delivered but real quick you can also follow Christian Bob at Christian Bob with a K so K-R-I-S-T-I-A-N B-O-B with a one Christian Bob one because he is number because he was number one number one <laughs> he will also all of his work and his socials will be linked in the description below and it, it will honestly be done so for as long as we have this intro music because he does phenomenal work he's an awesome stand-up guy so definitely go check him out if you haven't already um if you haven't noticed already um my observant little listeners um we are not doing video today because um <laughs> We decided to serve mother in (laughs) an audio form (laughs) because video editing and the production that goes into our regular episodes is done internally, which is a very professional way of saying DIY. And it takes a lot of time. Mm. And I don't like half-assing things when I video edit. So uh, we're just kind of taking a new approach a little bit with the podcast to try and get more episodes out, a little more content consistently. Thank you, Josie Melendez, for giving us this <laughs> twist. Um, like, it's so groundbreaking. It's, we're just kind of like reverse psychologying uh, <laughs> podcast listeners because now I feel like every podcast that is somewhat popular is a video podcast. Like they always start audio and they go to video and we just were always a video podcast from the beginning, which is kind of crazy. So look at us. Reverse evolution. (laughs) We're doing both, even though we were already doing both. But now we have a little exclusive. (laughs) A little exclusive. Yeah. So we're just going to be doing a little more consistent content audio only. A little more long form and then our shorter form videos, reviews, like our little Ted Lasso chats that are we try to keep them nice and tight at 30 minutes. Um, those would definitely still be video, but, you know, just trying to stay realistic with the the workload because we are working women and working women in today's society, uh, girl boss too close to the sun a lot of the time, which is an issue. Yep. <laughs> But we're doing the best that we can, and we hope that you're doing the best that you can out there listening tonight, or whenever you're listening to this. It's nighttime. This is a late night little cinephile chat we got going here. Anyways, to the point, (laughs) we're going to talk about what we've seen in the past month or so, kind of do like a monthly roundup. Mm -hmm. I'm kicking around the title of this series, Film Boxed. (laughs) 
because it's just us kind of scrolling through our letterboxd logs and talking a bit about what we've seen over the past few weeks what we vlogged and what we thought about that film in particular and moving the fuck on (laughs) (laughs) because it's you know what it's hard out here guys and gals and pals it really is being a film critic is just so hard it is such a privilege but goddamn, having an opinion that is worth a damn is hard work. I might cut this out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's true. It is true. It's 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 the production of it all. Truly, it it is a lot of hard work. So we want to do our best, very best at it, and just kind of have a return to form. Think of it as um, the menu, but our podcast. Oh my gosh! <laughs> the bread plate. <laughs> Before you know uh, it, we're we're not even going to publish, like, an, a full podcast. It's just going to be, like, my audio first, and then yours the next <laughs> week. <laughs> and then people have to put it together to consume a whole episode. <laughs> so, Josie, would you like to take us down what you, what you have been watching, or what you, what you, what, start off, just start. Start off with, with what you've seen recently. <laughs> just go for it. So we're going to be doing a roundup of the last week of March and the entirety of April because we're in May. We're in May now. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like like this whole time thing. Okay, (laughs) so for the end of March, I actually watched 65, which I guess nobody saw because it left theaters quickly. But that is the Adam Driver Dino movie. It is Damn. not a fantastic movie, but I had fun with it. It's very, I'll say, it did a really good job with the dinosaurs, not so much with the father, like, father figure dynamic that they wanted to go with the two of them, kind of like Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey, but right. the dinosaurs were really great. <laughs> okay, so I didn't catch that yeah. one, actually. I feel like that came out around the same time as Dungeons and Dragons, which we both mm-hmm. did see, and I had... A- it was a hoot. Let let me tell you. I Dungeons really and Dragons was fun. loved Dungeons and Dragons. It's not perfect, but no D&D campaign ever is. And it felt very much like a loyal adaptation to the mechanics and the culture around a Dungeons and Dragons session. So kudos to them and kudos to the directors who clearly have played the game before and have a, a passion for it. Um, as a player myself and, and as a, a passionate D&D fan, um, yeah, really, really difficult to try to adapt that with no, like, set story. Because it, it's not like Critical Role with The Legend of Vox Machina. All you have to, <laughs> as if that's so easy. You already have a story. All you have to do is adapt a story. Like, that's, you can get AI to do that, honestly. <laughs> but, <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, we were talking about AI earlier, but that it's scary times, y'all. But I really, really had fun with it. I, I gave that a, a crisp four stars in my letterbox. I gave it four stars, too. Um, also, thank you for the asexual representation with Doric, played by Sophia Lillis. Hell yeah. I loved her. She, she was great. She served as soon. As, and you know what's so funny is that no one was, like, explicitly queer, but we knew. <laughs> It was so queer coded. 
especially with Doric. So I, I really appreciate that. And I love our himbo representation with Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez. I think they were phenomenal. I think it was just a, even Jordan Fisher. Like it was just a great cast, honestly. Um, it's not Jordan Fisher. It's Justice Smith. Jordan Fisher. I'm a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> I, they have the same vibe. I get it. I get Don't it. <laughs> they? Okay. Thank you. Justice Smith. I'm so sorry. I've only met one of them. <laughs> Wait, which one did you meet? Jordan Fisher. See, that's why I got confused because you. I see. Here's the Such thing. Such a handsome kind. They're lad. both so <laughs> handsome, and they both have names that start with J. Let's start there, and that's where my little boomer brain goes. It's happened to me before, and like I can recognize their faces, but for some reason my brain will just mix their names, and it's like, no, like y'all are great. I wanted to watch this film actually because of Justice Smith because I love what he does, and I think he's good in the films he's been in some people might disagree but i think i am right i enjoy him and you know what i don't care what y'all say justice smith and jordan fisher kind of look alike a little bit okay yeah okay let's just say that okay i get them confused often are you googling i absolutely just fucking did i absolutely googled justice smith and jordan fisher and yes it's a conspiracy. It's kind of like the similarity between like Natalie Portman and Kira Knightley. Like they're both different people. They have different faces, but at the same time, do they? Yeah. It's kind of that. No, like it's the same. It's the same vibe. It is very much the same vibe. So apologies, Justice Smith. You still serve cunt. Except, <laughs> sorry. The amount of times that whenever like I go about my day and I suddenly go, I look quite pretty. <laughs> And it's just Kira Knightley. <laughs> I love actually the way that lives rent free twenty four seven in my brain. The amount of times I have to say it out loud because if not, it just gets stuck in my brain. <laughs> it be like that. My 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 my. I guess mental crutch at the moment. My mental quote crutch at the moment. And I told you this. I think yesterday is Pedro Pascal at a, in the SNL skit going. My son don't have ADD. He just like to jump. Like I had just ha- me lo pegaste. Yeah, because it's just last so good. night I walked I walked into my bathroom and just randomly I'm just about to brush my teeth and I just start putting toothpaste on my toothbrush and I'm like my son don't have ADD. He just likes to jump. <laughs> it's just and so good. And then I start brushing my pearly whites. <sighs> Your teeth look great, by the way. What are you using? Thank they actually you. do look very white. I guess I'm mentally. You, got, you don't. You guys myself. don't get to see us, but we get to see each no. other. <laughs> I guess I'm mentally preparing myself because I'm getting aligners. This is a life update moment. I'm Fun. getting not Invisaligners. It's another brand, but it's same gist, same mm-hmm. potato. Yeah, it's happening. I've been avoiding. <laughs> I've been avoiding orthodontists left and right since <laughs> you since have been dodging them. You have been dodging yeah. them for a hot minute, and it's not that you've particularly needed them for cosmetic reasons. Truly, it's nah. just you know, it's just jaw jaw pain and alignment. It, yeah, no, hot girls have IBS and TMJ. There you go. That's <laughs> it. I was I forgot the but, term. Yeah, but. No, just humility moment. Uh, I didn't have health insurance growing up, so orthodontry just would have cost too much. 
It's ridiculous and even for making... people with health insurance. I can't imagine. <laughs> Literally. No, I had to pay them with my own. Like, that's the thing. I'm making big girl money, so I had to put She's my a big career pants on. woman. <laughs> I had to put my big girl pants on and take my wallet out and then cry as soon as they swipe the credit card. <laughs> but let me tell you, this has turned into just... Do you guys want a lifestyle podcast like segment on Film Talk? We can, we can do little segments. That, do you guys care idea. about our lives, our personal lives outside of We don't criticism? care if you do or not. We're going to give it to you either way because life happens in between these movies. And then people make movies about life happening in between the movies. It's a cycle. It really is. <laughs> really really yeah. is Dungeons and Dragons served um, mm -hmm. you were gonna say something though <laughs> I was and then I confused the actors and then I got embarrassed <laughs> no but you were gonna say something right now before you said oh right I was gonna make a point I was gonna make a point actually I wanna know though Dungeons and Dragons did not have like very loud explicit queer representation very much mm -hmm. queer coded Especially now uh, coming out with like the accompanying novel on the character Doric, who's the druid, the tiefling druid. Um, re like, hello, we knew. The, the, the queer gals and pals knew that Doric was of the community and absolutely um, Helga. Olga? Helga. Olga. 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 It's been a month. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Wait. I'm terrible with character Olga. names. Olga. Olga, thank you. Olga, Olga is from uh Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that like she is my barbarian by queen. Mm -hmm. I and I believe that. Oh, totally. And even though like her relationship with Chris Pine's character, which Edgen. Uh her relationship with Edgen just gave me like queer uncle's mm -hmm. energy. 100%. It's like that meme where it's like, how could Frog a... and Toad? It gave Frog and Toad energy. <laughs> oh my god, I wasn't gonna say that, but that's so fucking true and related to what I'm gonna say, which is look, how can a hetero couple be queer and then explain them? Like, that's them. How can like a... <laughs> how can these like allegedly hetero people <laughs> that feels not like be queer? The... That feels like the meme of could a depressed person make do this <laughs> honestly john francis Daly, could a hetero couple give that vibe it's honestly like ken they're ken <laughs> he's barbie she's ken mm -hmm. that was them and i love them for it and honestly no, let's but... talk the cinematography those shots i loved it, it i love how dynamic again, it was Obviously, it wasn't going to give the entire vibe of Lord of the Rings because it wasn't as practical as Lord of the Rings. I mean, if you see the behind the scenes, like, of those course. sets are wild. But even then, it felt tangible. It felt real, which is so important for a fantasy game of this scale and then putting it on the screen. I think they did a good job with that. But I just wanted to also point out that I love how my letterbox reaction is, the movies are back, baby! Yeah, because I feel like it was, and I feel a lot of people said this, it was kind of a return to form to like the classic action blockbuster. Um, mm, I mean, it was John Wick, then it was this Back one. to back, banger. March mm -hmm. was honestly a month full of bangers back to back, especially yeah. for the action blockbuster. And none of them were superhero movies. So isn't that interesting? I digress. On And 
perhaps quickly moving on from Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, if it's still in a theater near you, honestly, go catch it. I, I really enjoyed my theater experience. Yeah, I do have a little parentheses. Oh, go for Wait, it. I do have a little bit of a parentheses. Um, the Eight Mountains, just on the theme of queerness. Mm. Or Leoto Montagne. It's an Italian film. It played at Cannes, if I'm not mistaken. And I might be wrong. Or I might be right. Um, I'll go. Aren't we all? I speak. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're just raw dying this. <laughs> We really are. This is just very we're, we're unfiltered. Just, yeah, we're just vibing right now. Um, I'm having fun. Are you having fun? Are y'all having fun? It was a Sundance and it was a jury prize winner at Cannes. So I was right. Last year? Uh-huh. Yeah. Lovely. It's premiering now, which is why I wanted to mention it, because I got to see it at the Criterion Building. Humble Flex. Mm-hmm. And, and she still has to snuck into movie. the closet. <laughs> No, each time I go, I'm like, I tell Ileana, I'm like, today I'm going to be assertive. I'm going to ask them if I can see the closet. And then I never do because I don't want to bother anybody. But it's right there. Maybe someday. Um, I'm going to be, I'm going to like force myself to be your plus one on one of those screenings. I'm just going to be like, we're breaking into the closet. (laughs) (laughs) But um, the Ant Mountains. It's not queer, but I wanted it to be. Oh. And my reaction was literally, come on, you can't tell me it wasn't a little fruity. That You could tell, you could say that about most Italian movies, though. <laughs> yes, but this one literally. The Remember dudes... Piccolo Corpo? <laughs> You're that not seeing cool where, where is that? Where, where is Piccolo that Corpo? movie? I don't know. I have, That was at I have... TIFF 2021, right? Yeah, I'm about to fight with someone. Ooh, I just I got heated. I think about that movie every... Ooh, she's heated. Okay, Mario Mario Alegre, little name drop, our sweet friend, fellow critic of Puerto Rico. I remember he mentioned it because I, I was talking about it a lot on Twitter. And he told me, you were right. This movie is really good. And then like a while uh-huh. passed and I was like, I- I- I'm so haunted by this film. And I'm like, we are all haunted by this film. The way the baby breathed at the end... <laughs> if you got like honestly, I I'm gonna try to find it to see where a per a normal person could go see it, mm-hmm. maybe on streaming or something, and link it down below for you guys because it's been almost two years since we saw that movie, and we only saw it once. We mm-hmm. saw it at TIFF, um, at home. We saw uh, yeah. it. Um, I was sobbing. <laughs> that was such a haunting film, and I still think mm-hmm. about it. That and you know it was so that f- one and Monari one after the wow. other, and I was like, "This is this is why I watch movies." <laughs> Honestly, that double feature from TIFF twenty twenty one really still sits with me, and I would actually like to own the physical media to those films because it, they were they yeah. were very good. Um, For people, Monari is available on physical media. I don't know about Piccolo Corpo. Mm. Oh, is it with the uh, the vinegar people? The vinegar people? (laughs) Vinegar syndrome. Vinegar syndrome. They make the DVDs. No, if you hear clickety-clacketing, it's me angrily finding out what happened to Piccolo Corpo. But either way. Just to to close it, um, the whole point of this is that Eight Mountains is coming out now. By the time you're listening to this, it's going to be in theaters. It has beautiful shots, and it's basically about the relationships that we have, or that at least men have with their fathers and with each other as men's 
but it's so sensitive in its storytelling. It's so human. It won a can for a reason, mm-hmm. and it should not go unnoticed. But I do wish it was fruity because you could see it you could see they were it. trying I, I didn't i did not appreciate being lied to i know what was going on behind closed doors liars <laughs> there Speaking was nothing fruity, about that <laughs> pedro almodovar is going he's walking the fruity side on this year's can i love how they were like no we're not premiering at can and then they're like haha we are psychete <laughs> remember when pedro almodovar said buenas noches at the opening night when we went that was so fun. Good. What a good memory. We felt we felt seen. We but... really did. Nobody else spoke <laughs> Spanish. I know. <laughs> Except for that very attractive Ujier. Oh my god. I hope that Spaniard listen guys, there was a Spanish usher at Cannes when we went, and this was almost two years ago, and we still I hope he's having a good night. I hope he's he has a toasted bread with butter right now with his dinner. <laughs> With a little ajito, a little garlic on his bread. But like the really nice crunchy ASMR bread. Oh yeah, the sourdough. <laughs> Give me that chiabata. Ah. <laughs> um, John Wick chapter four, talking about like nice crunchy toasty bread. Mm, that's literally what John Wick four is. It is that John Wick perfect four garlic is... bread. <laughs> I was about to say, it is whipped butter garlic bread. Ooh, look at her. Look at her being a food talker. I... I saw a TikTok, <laughs> and I want to recreate it, because that thing looked bussin'. <laughs> and speaking of bussin', John Wick. John Wick Chapter 4. Man, oh everything everything was an event, every single scene. They made sure that everything felt like its own little short, with a beginning and end, some turmoil, some really nice laughs mixed in there. I thought it was delightful. I gave it five stars. Me too. And you know what I just realized? It is, I feel like, John Wick's, like, of the franchise, it's the French dispatch of the franchise. <laughs> yeah. Because it's not for everybody. There are some mm-hmm. people, and I respect that opinion as, like... Oh, wow. There are some people that did not like it. I have my met... timeline was we. All this was in enrolled. person. I have <laughs> colleagues. We have colleagues mm. in person that did not like it. They left the theater. Ah, uh, when well, they left the theater before enti- the Paris. E- everyone's entitled to the wrong opinion. Yeah, but you know what? I have you know, <laughs> it's not for everybody. This person also liked Chapter Three, so like you know, there's it's a very interesting divide between. With this franchise of people who like John Wick Chapter Four and people who didn't, the the Venn diagrams <laughs> usually present represents that the person who didn't like the last movie probably liked the third movie, which contributes nothing <laughs> to John Wick in my opinion. But what we can all agree on is that we all like John Wick, which is kind of crazy. I think John Wick unites yeah. us in in some way, shape, or form. I love chapter four because I am not, I'm not a chapter three truther, Mm-mm. as some of you may Mm-mm. know, tuning in. And I like chapter four. I thought it was a really good reminder of what we love about it, but it also dared to explore a little bit more, be more experimental. Um, and I love my freaky little French dude. Man, he is unsettling as fuck. <laughs> I, man, she, she's vibing. Y'all can't see her, but she's vibing hard as fuck thinking about um, uh, Bill Skarsgård playing French with his tiny little cafe au lait. 
with his tiny little spoon, with his little spoon, and the belly. So psychotic. He was really so- psychotic, but what I loved I- his arc. <laughs> it was a good arc, arc de triomphe, actually. But um, I thought it was a good arc. I thought he was a good villain, and I feel like he complemented uh, John the conclusion to John Wick's journey very well. And I think they they played off each other pretty well. And not only that, come through fucking uh, what's his name? Not Wilson. That's uh the volleyball in <laughs> in Castaway. Oh my god, the hotel manager. What's his name? Winston. Winston. Thank you. That was close. Let me double check while you speak. I think it's Winston. Yeah. Yeah, Winston yeah. as a character served, step the fuck up, um, really love that, and just the, every set, like you said, every every set piece in this three-hour spectacle has its own beginning and end, and it just feels like a really just glorious action vignette, which is why I think this is the French Dispatch of the franchise, because not everyone <laughs> loved the French Dispatch, but it was chaotic. Yeah. But it was glorious in its chaos. And I feel like John Wick 4 really captured that. So I loved it so much. I would ap- I am absolutely going to be purchasing it on physical media, um, which I to me, that's like my stamp of approval. If I'm buying it on a physical media, I think the movie is worth watching. That's how I feel. Absolutely. So that, that really um, just super, turns it up. Super Mario Bros. movie. Oh, my God. I didn't log it. I'm so silly. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, four stars because it's a silly little movie. <laughs> I I can't remember where I put this. I don't know if it was on my burner. I don't know. I, I, I talk a lot of shit sometimes in different places and I can't remember where. <laughs> she has different. You have so many channels of communication that you need mm-hmm. like you need a publicist for your thoughts. Yeah. You need a PR I guy. Will, I will share it here. Um, I can't believe the most divisive film of 2023 so far has been this one. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I know. I it wasn't a on my plat- a Nintendo platformer adaptation. Like, and <laughs> come I've on, al- bro. <laughs> I've, I've already spoken about this enough in different outlets. Or like, I've I've communicated my frustration. <laughs> so some summary is too long didn't read i i just don't know why people were expecting the godfather lawrence of arabia (laughs) it's a video game about an italian plumber that goes in and out of pipes (laughs) he really does he honestly goes through pipes to save a princess like it's so simple where do you want I do agree it could have been more challenging in its narrative and its storytelling and we could have seen more challenges emotionally for the characters, but I also don't think whatever they could have done, I don't think it would have been genuine. Yeah. I don't know. I felt like it was hard. Like whenever I tried to find a solution, I think that what they did was the best thing they could have done. Yeah, because I feel like then it would have felt like trying too hard. Mm-hmm. And I don't kind of dishonest, think, dishonest, and I don't think the tone of it would have matched. What I mm-hmm. do think would have helped the movie, um, 
less copyright music. Oh, totally, totally, totally. That really cheapened (laughs) it. So, and and you know what? They didn't need it because you had such a phenomenal score. Beautiful score with, uh, that is a loyal adaptation to the original, uh, music for the video games and for not only the original platformer uh, the every iteration of super mario brothers as a video game franchise for the past what 40 years almost and it's just so well thought out and it's such a gorgeous like orchestral uh adaptation of that music that i feel like they could have just stuck to that and stuck to the music that makes you feel like a kid again the amount of times i gasped whenever i could pick up a tune Mm -hmm. i thought it was smart and it's delivery of easter eggs and just the theme music and just all of that um but definitely i think the biggest flaw of this film was the music supervision because it definitely felt like whiplash whenever a song came on because it would be like sometimes with the minutes of each other yeah and it was so loud too like all of a sudden you have like you're completely immersed in in the in Super Mario World, basically, and all of a sudden you have I need a hero. Like I don't need that. It's kind no. of, <laughs> and this is a a pretty good segue. I still give Super Mario Bros. four stars because I went in with, you know, reasonable expectations in my opinion, and then I think that it delivered what I wanted, which was nostalgia, pretty animation, and yeah, just entertainment, a good time. So I really liked it. I couldn't find Marcel. I got worried, but he's right there hiding behind Benito's heart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, in my background. Yeah, Marcel's there. Right he there he is. No, I have Mar- Marcel's uh, friends with the with the heart from Un Verano Sin Ti. Yeah, if you guys have They're seen buddies. the previous videos, you know where he is. I couldn't see him because he yeah. was hiding from He's very you. tiny, but he's there. Yeah, he's fine. I got worried. <laughs> Thank you for worrying about my son. <laughs> Um, Bo is Afraid. I haven't seen you that haven't one. You haven't seen it. Because it hasn't come to Puerto Rico. Uh, yeah, it's I not coming it. here. Someone I'm so mad. PR- <laughs> Someone from the Puerto Rico Critics Association, PRCA, hashtag. Um, I can't remember who it was. If you're listening to this, I'm sorry. Please shout it out. Um, someone tweeted, Bo is Afraid of Puerto Rico, in parentheses, because it's going to be coming <laughs> Whoever it was, we love you. That's fucking funny. It made me giggle. I think it was. I think it was Hill. I believe it. Hill's yeah, funny. he has. So funny. He has you know what? The they, he has more tweets that should be hit tweets. <laughs> yeah, he has some funny moments. I appreciate him. Um, but yeah, I think mm-hmm. Bo is afraid should be coming to PR because it's like the one Ari Aster film I've actually wanted to see which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And now I won't be able to see it. So I'm going to have to see if like some dusty old theater in June and when I'm in New York is still playing it by then. Or maybe it's already on like fucking Amazon Prime. God knows. <laughs> Only God will know. It's, Time it, will it's still in theaters. It's still in theaters. Okay, I'll try mm-hmm. to catch it because I I feel like it's some it's one of those movies that even if you don't like the filmmaker, you should probably see like once in your life. Yeah, it's definitely a film that I think is going to be discussed in some freaky little horror cinema class, but um, (laughs) I think it's um, a brave attempt. I think it's a very good contribution to the genre. 
Um, you would think that I love it from how I talk about it because I do think there's a lot of things that you can appreciate from it and a lot of things that I think Ari Aster was trying to do that he was able to do because I don't think he did it perfectly Um, because clearly there's a lot of dissonant notes when it comes to the criticism but brave attempt that's all I'll say um I think just with the subject matter, I think yeah. it's something you have to be brave at for for even trying to make a movie it to express that feeling. It does feel because it um it takes a lot of inspiration from Kafka, Borges, the Odyssey, Greek literature, the classics, and you can see it. And I think that it's rich in that way. I think it's when it comes to this film. There is so much to appreciate from a like a cinema studies, film studies kind of perspective if you were to get into that and actually analyze it. But watching it is so exhausting. It's so draining. A lot of it had a lot of my triggers that when I was watching, I definitely felt uncomfortable. So it's just you sitting there for three hours. It's just, just frazzled. I think I think the runtime alone for something it's of that scale long. is too much. No, it's too long because there are so many things that you could have taken out, but of course they're there for the full effect of anxiety, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so in that case, you might say that he did a good job, but I don't believe it. Fair. I, you know what? I'm 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 very interested. I'm not going to say I'm excited to see it, but I am very, very interested to see it because I feel yeah. like it will spark a very interesting discussion between people who like the film and don't like the film or just actually like you. Like, I feel like more people should. You can appreciate something you don't like, mm-hmm. quite honestly. Like, there are some films, I, I can't think of one right now, but like, there's some films that I'm not a huge fan of, but I can appreciate what they tried to do and what they accomplished. Um, Mm -hmm. And you know what? I can say that. Avatar The Way of Water. I don't like that movie. But Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say it's a bad movie by any means. I definitely appreciate Mm -hmm. the scale of it and the craft behind it. I just don't like it personally. Yeah. So I think Bo is Afraid is definitely like shaping up to be one of those films. And Mm -hmm. I think um, I really want I just want to see it. And if you guys have yeah. it, you know, available in a theater near you, support more indie cinema. And and yeah. I say indie loosely. <laughs> Very no. loosely. Totally. I know that uh, what I've been telling people is that if you're interested in watching the movie, do go see it. But if you have no interest and think you just should watch it because it's either in theaters or because someone keeps recommending it to you, if you're not interested, don't put yourself through it. <laughs> but if you are <laughs> curious, it's definitely worth the watch. 100%. So that's that's Bo is Afraid. What what a what a transition between Super Mario Bros and Bo is Afraid. I know because literally after this I have Princess Diaries 2 Royal Engagement, Princess Protection Program. Oh, are those like other logs <laughs> like rewatches. Yeah, I'm like Emma, Hercules. Love that. I watched Yerba Babuena, which for the first time. How was that? I I get what you mean. It feels like <laughs> commercial it was funded Cabelle. i mean it was funded by cleaning so yeah, yeah that, but that either sense. way i enjoyed it <laughs> if y'all it don't know nice this little... is a local puerto rican film yeah <laughs> it was it was a nice slice of life little thing but it feels like it could have been a short instead of a full feature mm. it's definitely the, conf- 
The conflict didn't feel real. It was solved right. pretty quickly. But did it feel like Picandolante? Picandolante masterpiece. <laughs> I still think about Picandolante, and I wish that's again one of those that I wish I had on physical media. I was thinking about it while watching Yerba Buena, and I was like, it's missing the urgency of mm-hmm. Picandolante. But after that, I watched Sanctuary. Oh, yeah, you were able to see that early. I love it. <laughs> I am very, I saw the trailer for it, and I'm like, okay. Okay, my eyes are on it. All I'm going to say is Phoebe Waller-Bridge once said this is a love story. Is she involved in the project? No. Uh, But I was watching it and the entire time I was just thinking this is a love story. Interesting. It's a messed up love story, but it's a love story nonetheless. This tends to be the best ones. When does that one come out? Like in May, right? Yeah. Mama's having what else did you watch while I look up? <laughs> I didn't watch uh, Bo's Afraid because it's not fucking here. But what did arrive was Renfield, which uh, Josie did not catch. Oof. And yeah. I was quite excited to see. And I was very disappointed, which mm. is very disheartening because I went in with such like positive expectations and felt like I saw a three-hour film that only ran for, like, an hour and a half. Like, I I, I was How being tortured. It? It's, like, an hour and a half film. It's a 90-minute flick. It's not mm. long. um, But it felt long, <laughs> which is mm. not great. It's not great. I didn't appreciate the Old Navy commercial montage in the middle of it <laughs> with the Lizzo's, <laughs> with Lizzo's, like, one of Lizzo's singles from last year playing at the Wodo Wing. <laughs> I didn't. I, I didn't like that. Am I catching? Am I catching this film after this? <laughs> also, I don't Sanctuary, know, man. I don't know. <laughs> Sanctuary comes out. I already forgot. I had it like May sixteenth or May nineteenth. I think May nineteenth. May nineteenth. So it 19th. comes out mid mid May. Okay, cool. I might mm-hmm. I might be able to catch it then. Uh, in New York. Ren- Renfield has a ten p.m. screening. I'm not gonna make it. no you're gonna fall asleep it's not good it needs more Nicolas Cage like yes the movie's called Renfield not Dracula Um, bad idea make it about Dracula Nicolas Cage's Dracula I thought that campiness should have been exploited Mm -hmm. Um, I did not care for Aquafina being a cop side character slash love interest for Renfield that's what I've heard yeah, didn't care for that shit at all. Um, the whole, like, cor- you know, typical corrupt police, but one good police person uh, in the whole force. I, It's it's dated. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. People don't like the police. Let's, <laughs> let's stop it, okay? <laughs> let's just stop it right there. And a lot of people don't like Aquafina. I understand that. She wasn't that good here either. Um, kind of a waste of Nicolas Cage and Nicholas Holt's talents, quite honestly. I think they deserved better, and I think the story, the idea deserved better. Um, and it also deserved better in terms of practical effects, because mm. there was far too much CGI blood, and <laughs> and it looked very bad. And that's not really something you want when you're going in for a very, you know, campy blood fest, vampire blood fest. Like, it's definitely not that. 
um, it's no Van Helsing in my eyes. Nothing could mm. even go go close to Van Helsing, um, which classic. I think classic. It is a camp classic, and that I think I, we should revisit this year. Honestly, um, we really should. I think it turns uh, twenty years old next year in twenty twenty four. I feel old. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> that movie raised me. <laughs> Van Helsing and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. What a double feature. Back to back to back. Phenomenal films. But like those, and I bring them up because they are, to me, with the, they're like actual good representations slash examples of what is a campy adaptation of a classic monster story, mm -hmm. such as Dracula. I just want an AU kind of fan fiction look at Mina Harker. 100%. Saying I think yes that's to Dracula. So... I think that would be so much more interesting than whatever the fuck Renfield was. Because I, again, it was not good. It was not funny. I saw it on my anniversary. And my boyfriend usually likes bad movies. <laughs> and even he was like, he felt cheated. <laughs> it's just... Esto como que... Mm -mm. Tamalito. Tamalita. <laughs> No, I was saying that. Yeah, you know, and I was saying that it's está malita um, at the, and this is a good segue into my sh my sh thoughts on Chevalier. Um, I went to the Chevalier screening like two days later and I was telling some some fellow critics, some colleagues uh, how, what I thought about it. And I was like, I was very disappointed and I was very excited for it, but I was very disappointed. And one of the ushers for the screening like five rows further down the theater was like oh, really <laughs> man i didn't catch their name but whoever you are you are an absolute hoot and i have to hope you're having a great night um and they actually after the screening went up to me and asked me so what was wrong with renfield <laughs> <laughs> like they were so like invested because in a lot of people if like it was bad like you said it, you didn't like it and i was still like i'm gonna go see it because mm -hmm. i generally do want to see it even though like i know some people are gonna be like you want to see it and yet you haven't seen it even though it's about to leave theaters and i'm like i'm busy <laughs> but i still want to see it and it's gonna be on digital soon so 100 percent. it's probably going um, straight no, to paramount yeah, it's gonna be on digital soon. I don't know if it's this week or next week, but it's gonna like yummy yeah, Um But yeah, I'm curious, so I can see why they were like, ah. <laughs> I'm not gonna say don't watch it. I'm just gonna say don't go in with as high expectations as I did. I had no, I no. I like I knew like, it wasn't gonna kooky. be perfect, but I was there for a kooky campy time, and mm -hmm. I didn't really get that. No, I've been like. My expectations are pretty okay. <laughs> You're like mid. Yeah. <laughs> you can't no, be disappointed yeah. if you expect everything to be mid. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, the state um, of film criticism nowadays, huh? I know. I do want to see Chevalier. I've been anticipating uh, for a while I now. I think it was a TIFF it. and we didn't get to see it. I wanted to see it at TIFF. Because it premiered, I think, the same night as Glass Onion, and we were at Glass Onion yeah. instead. I wanted to see it, so I've been anticipating it for a while, and that's also... I have a list. I have a sticky note with films that I need to catch, and one of those is that one. I recommend it. 
So I wanted to see it at TIFF, and we, so I've been anticipating it since then, so I'm glad mm-hmm. you liked it. Um, I'm going to try to catch it also because Mr. Alex Fitzalan is in it. Your boy. I saw him, and I was like, <laughs> is this Josie's little Australian boy? Yeah. From the wilds? He was very cute. He was very, very charming. He was good I just in it. I stare at him because it's like an Australian version of Joseph Quinn. He was your Joseph Quinn before Joseph Quinn, wasn't he? See, si, but Joseph Quinn has more charisma. Sorry, Alex. No, 100%. But Alex is still cute. We'll, we'll respect. But like, speaking of Chevalier, who really stole the show for me was Kelvin Harrison Jr., Mm-hmm. A lot of people are hoping he gets some awards buzz, which awards don't mean anything. Award season is toxic. Awards punditry is toxic. But a shiny award doesn't hurt. And I hope he gets his flowers because every single person praises their performance. Mm-hmm. I think Kelvin Harrison Jr. was the best part of the movie and was re- what really made the movie, aside from Stephen Will- uh, Williams's direction and the score. Like, you obviously cannot have a film about a composer <laughs> in the era of Mozart without a And good not score. have a Boma score. <laughs> yeah, like, you can't have a score that doesn't slap. I'm sorry. And you know what? It does slap. I think the only things holding Chevalier back for me from being, like, a four and a half to five star is just the... I don't know. I feel like it does perhaps simplify things a little bit in terms of the history and the narrative um, to make it, I guess, more palatable for a modern audience. I could be wrong. I'm not exactly an expert on this story um, in this piece of history, but I don't know. It felt like some things were a little bit simple or like simplified. And I feel like it should have trusted the audience just a little bit more uh, with how complicated the situation was. But then again, it was still... I don't know, man. It still served. It had a good romance. It has um, a good trailer. It has a very good trailer. It has a fantastic... I don't think... It- Wait, I'm saying it has a good trailer. I don't think I've seen the trailer. I actually went I in pretty have. blind. And the beginning of the, f- the movie, like the opening scene, bomb. So <laughs> good. I really liked it. I was very, very pleasantly surprised with how you know precise and ambitious it was it's very dynamic the the director definitely has more of a a keen eye obviously for um i don't know i guess the way that it was filmed and at least how i perceived it was trying to kind of visually represent musical notes it sounds weird but that's how i felt like a lot of the the, the swinging shots and the way that uh, they kind of ebbed and flowed, I feel like kind of went with the music uh, when it was uh, playing. So that was really cool. Um, I feel like we could have gone with less montages. There was like a, a couple mm. montages that felt a little corny. There are definitely corny moments to it uh, that I think keep it from being super great. But it's still a good movie. I think it's very, very good. I believe I gave it a solid. Did I give it four stars? I gave it a three and a half. I got a three and a half stars. It it has some corny moments. I feel like it also should have leaned a little more into the like the the seriousness of the French Revolution of that era because this was all very mm-hmm. much very clearly stating this is all the tension and all the events leading up to the official full French Revolution. 
And I feel like they should have leaned towards that just a little bit more. But that's just that's just how I feel about it. I feel like it was a little too dige- digested for um, a more more sensitive audience, we'll say. But still a good flick. I think I think it was mm-hmm. good. That's Chevalier. It's playing now. It just came out like two weeks ago in theaters. So yeah. go check it I'm out. Still playing here. Um, I guess a uh, rapid fire round for me. Uh, Polite Society. It's coming out. It came out this week. It's mm-hmm. playing. Uh, in the U.S. and in Puerto Rico, so if you haven't seen it, it's um, Fine Arts Popular. I wrote a review for Todas PR. Catch that, please. I gotta um, catch the movie. Me... I'm excited. Yeah. Um, it's good. It's a beautiful blend of genres just topped with a musty dynamic. It's just a beautiful story about sisterhood, but it's also a social horror story. It, um, it reminded me it reminded me a lot of the birth control trials in Puerto Rico. And oh, wow. that's all I'll say. I know. It's a I wish they it had been explored more, but that wouldn't have been necessary for the story that was trying to be told. But either way, I did love the detail of like low-key experimentation on women and what makes a woman good or fit to be a mother or to not be a mother um eugenics and all of that so the undertones and like the sub themes of the film are really good i just think that nita manzor is one to watch she is an award-winning um creator for we are lady parts and just this one just fully cements her as one to watch again i'm being redundant but i just fell in love with her directing the art style, it's just her being inspired by Kill Bill and just all these other films she watched growing up. But then it also, like, it's coming at the time where everything, everyone at once also won Best Picture. So it's just a beautiful, it's just beautiful proof of where cinema is going right now. I love that. I think I'm going to try to catch it tomorrow. And yes, it is uh, playing here at Fine Arts Popular, and I should have mentioned Chevalier is also playing here in Puerto Rico at Fine Arts Miramar. And I'm not sure if Popular as well, but check out your local fine arts, and it is playing there. And I wish it was playing in more theaters outside of the metropolitan area, because I think Chevalier is it's a good movie. It's a good period drama that engages you. Um, and, and I assume as well, like Polite polite Society and Chevalier would probably be a good double feature. Now that oh, I think totally. About it. I also caught Ghosted on Apple TV Plus, which a lot of people are hating, but I <laughs> I vibed. You know, my mom my mom told me yesterday, she's like, have you seen Ghosted? And I'm like, no. What did you think? And she was like, tamalita. <laughs> tamalita. I liked it. <laughs> I just... Sometimes I you just Chris- need your guilty pleasure. I think it's a nice gateway for what we want to see from these two actors, which is Ana de Almas with more action roles. I want to see her with more guns. <laughs> ballerina coming soon <laughs> exactly so it's nice promo for that and then chris evans i just want to see him more more comedy roles because he has really good comedic timing i think that if they give him more roles and they nurture that talent within him he'd be a very good like character actor um just uh, there's a trending tiktok from the movie like soundbite right now on tiktok where it's just him going like i'm a farmer and it's like yes we love whiny chris evans just being like why am I here? Why didn't you ask me what the torture was torturing me about? 
it's just him super complaining like if i met him like his character in person in real life like if that were an actual person which there are men that exist that are just like that i would have punched him because dude is such a whiny little bitch but he's, for the sake he's of like a film, male karen <laughs> yes but for the sake because he's just he's a very needy man that definitely needs to work on some things internally but he keeps blaming his external environment for the way that he is and it's like dude you need to do some some soul searching but for the sake of this film i was entertained it's kooky it's off the walls it doesn't really know what it wants to be <laughs> And I don't know. I appreciated it for what it was. I thought that despite all of that, I still had fun. I still laughed. And it's truly just proof of what happens when you throw a lot of a bunch of money into a project without generally think thinking of the artistry. But Ana de Almas and Chris Evans. Yeah, it just feels very much like, uh, and I haven't seen it yet, but I, I'll probably catch it. It feels very much like a streamer trying to make something based off of marketing data. <laughs> yeah, someone someone said that it sounds like if you fed a bunch of keywords to an AI and then it wrote this film. It's true. Probably. Probably. I still enjoyed it. Yeah, and you know what? And that's that's the beauty of film. Sometimes we see a, pi- <laughs> a pile of flaming poo, but sometimes a pile of flaming poo is a little mesmerizing and we can't look away. <laughs> Um, I think I'm going to close this off. I'm going to send us off here um, with the last movie I saw. I was able to see in theaters, which was last week, and it just came out this weekend. Um, Evil Dead Rise. Uh, <laughs> Evil Dead fans, you're going to love it. Mm-hmm. It's very it, it, and I'm going to turn it into a little Harry Styles moment here. It feels Oof. like an Evil Dead movie, you know? <laughs> It really does. Um, Feels like a go to the theater Evil Dead movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, Not for me. I did give it three stars for what it was trying to do for the performances because Aletha, uh, Aletha, (laughs) Elisa (laughs) Sutherland, (laughs) if I'm not mistaken, who plays the the mother, the deadite in the in the film, phenomenal. She she served i think she was a phenomenal performance in the film and i really wish she was in it more which i didn't expect for me to want because you would think from the trailers and from the poster and like all the marketing for this movie the movie was going to be really centered on her but i feel like we kind of lost her halfway through and it started focusing on like the kids like oh you know i'm not gonna spoil it for anybody but i don't know i feel like we we could have gotten more of her and we didn't and that's very interesting (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, but it's still it's still good. I think it was serving uh the blood gore fest that Renfield thought it was serving. <laughs> mm. So I will uh give them props for that. I think the special effects and all the especially the practical effects is very much a practical movie. Phenomenal. Has a phenomenal like you know, I've seen it all over my timeline. The intro serves cunt. The <laughs> title serves cunt. And then it just fell flat <laughs> for mm. me, for me. It started off extremely strong. And then I got bored halfway through, which is not something I want to feel during a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be bored. And, you know, I'm not going to name names, but there were some people that fell asleep halfway through. <laughs> oh. 
once again, a horror movie. You don't want to fall asleep during that. So if you're not an Evil Dead fan, skip this one. You're not you're not missing out on anything. But it is definitely ooey gooey yumminess for those hardcore Evil Dead fans. I watched a lot of movies in April. So again, rapid fire. I watched Carmen and Peter Pan and Wendy. <laughs> Peter Pan and Wendy. Um, it doesn't reinvent the wheel, the wheel, but it is a delightful watch. And if I had seen it for the first time when I was a kid, I would have been so in love with this film. It feels like magic. So definitely if you are interested in it, watch it. But again, streaming on Disney Plus now. Yes. So I think it's one of the few live action films that doesn't feel soulless. It does have style and charisma, but there are definitely things that you didn't miss from the uh, animated version. But also, this is a story that has been adapted so many times in so many different ways. So I think that's why we're a little bit kinder to it. And out of all the live action adaptations of the story, I thought it was one of the best. I mean, it is David Lowry. Like, it can't. Oh, it's yeah. kind of almost impossible to have it I be teared up a couple of times. Because you could tell that I was like, David Lowry is lowering. <laughs> <laughs> David Lowry is David Lowering. Yes, sir. Um, when they go, especially like, you'll know if you've seen it, it's when they go into Neverland. That whole transition was just gorgeous. And the other film that I watched was Carmen with Melissa Barrera and Paul Mescal. I don't care what people say. I actually do like Melissa Barrera as an actress and anything that she's in, I will watch. Um, and Paul Mescal was in this and he was very good. Um, that was I literally the one watched that we missed <laughs> at TIFF because it was our last that night there. It was a very late I night want- screening. That I've been trying to catch it and I finally was able to catch it. It's playing at the yeah, it's playing at the Angelica Film Center here in New York, and it was lovely. I liked it. I don't know what else to say other than it just feels like a poem. It feels Ooh. like a poem. I like love you're a good watching a poem. literal poem. There's a lot of magical realism in it. It doesn't have that much dialogue. There is dialogue from time to time, but it's very musical-like. It's not a musical, but it does have musical aspects. There's a lot of dancing. The dancing is very nice. It's like you're watching interpretive dancing throughout the film, and the dancing and the singing tells the story. Oh, that's a, that's a serve. It's always moving. It's just beautiful, and like things aren't literal. Nothing is literal in this film. So it's very much like, and and I really forgive me if I'm if I'm wrong, but it feels more like a Latin American style of storytelling that mm-hmm. we we love, we know and love. Fabulous. Who's the director? Benjamin Mille, Millepied, Millepied. <laughs> Sorry, they're French. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Wait, what? Espera, I just tapped on his name. <gasps> he's an actor in Barbie and the Swan Lake, and he's also an actor in Black Swan. Sir, he is a French dancer and choreographer. <gasps> he's a man of many talents and many lives. I know who you're what talking you- about! What do you mean you were in Barbie and the Swan Lake? What do you mean he was the one that, like, came on to Natalie Portman in, in freaking Black Swan? Probably. Yeah, because he was he, dire- the... he directed Carmen. Wow, look at yeah. you! You were a nasty, nasty son of a gun in Black Swan. <laughs> what a way to close off. Anyway, what Paul a... <laughs> Mescal was delightful. <laughs> Paul Mescal is it tends to be delightful, so I'm happy for him. I'm ha- and I have for Melissa, Melissa Barrera. I feel like she she deserves more roles like that. 
and I think that's our roundup. That's that's yeah. what we saw. I did rewatch a few things. Um, I rewatched is... too many things. <laughs> yeah, I rewatched Babylon. Serve. I rewatched I Everything to... Everywhere. Serve. I wanted to rewatch it. I literally rewatched La La Land today. Rewatch Babylon. Revisit it. It. I've only seen I... it once, so. I I liked it even better on the second time. I'm I feel not like gonna I'll like it more. Just thinking about it, I was like, "Yeah, this movie's good." <laughs> it scratches an itch that that I can't explain. But Babylon, good movie, and I showed it to our friend, our mutual bestie, and uh, they loved it too. They 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 turned it up. It's definitely chaotic, but I think it's I think it's right for us. <laughs> it has purpose. It has intention. It has yeah. meaning. It has themes it has dialogue it has actors <laughs> it has drugs <laughs> no but i'm saying he just wanted to do something he wanted to say something and he yes. did he was, if people liked it they liked it if people didn't then whatever exactly and i i definitely i respect the hell out of babylon um i also rewatched marcel the shell still cried still good fantastic movie showed it to my grandmother which i was i think it was you josie who said i was a little sadistic for doing that <laughs> but she enjoyed it she she loved the hell out of it and then okay. right after because we were on showtime because marcella shell is streaming on showtime um lamb was also is also on showtime hmm. and it popped up on the home page and i was like "Ooh, y'all want to see something freaky Love and it. they said yes <laughs> they being my mother and my grandmother so I rewatched Lamb um, after not having seen it since the Cannes premiere two years ago. And wow, does it hold up? <laughs> I, I really, can see that. I really like that one. I think uh, it's, that, it's that lovely, quiet, atmospheric kind of folktale horror that I just really enjoy. So that was fun. That's what that's 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 been film boxed. Film talk yes. film boxed. Uh, what we've been watching, what we've been liking and not liking. Um, I'm going to leave you all so I can have dinner. <laughs> Excellent. Um, where can they find you, Miss Josie? You can find me at the Josie Marie on Twitter and Letterboxd. You can find me at Captain Melendez on Twitter, Letterboxd, and Instagram as well. I'm trying to give Instagram a little more love. Um, you can find us at Film Talk on twitter tiktok and youtube be sure and spotify be sure to do follow us on spotify and subscribe to us on youtube we will be uploading um these episodes to both platforms still even if they're not video you're going to be able to listen to us on both so whatever you know tickles your pickle it's going to be there <laughs> i hate and love that saying anyways let us know in the comments what you think. If you want to listen to us do a lifestyle segment or just kind of, you know, be more casual. What what are you what are you feeling? What have you guys been up to watching on your letterboxd and what are you anticipating? We're anticipating Guardians 3. That's mm. for sh- damn sure. So, Mm-mm. let's We're see. We're reviewing it cuz Guardians that deserves is deserves its own video. <sighs> Guardians is some of my favorite work from Marvel and it's ending, so expect that from us soon. 100%. Anyways, we love you all uh, and I hope you have a a lovely time after listening to this. (laughs) Bye! (laughs) Or during. (laughs) Or during! (laughs) Bye! Bye.